Hey everybody, it's the Mindful Chef, Chef Leisha Barnett here, and today is a good day. It really is a good freaking day. Um, the last time I recorded a podcast, I was in my feelings, rightfully so. There was a lot of stuff going on in the world, and things are still going on in the world. I Don't mistake me, but... Um, Today, I had opportunity to hear Michael Twitty on Instagram live. He did an Instagram live with, um, I think Roots to Glory was on there and, uh, and a couple of other chefs. It was amazing to just hear them talk for two hours and then just me be in the comment section saying, yay. Um, but um, I listened to them while I was working on some things and I just felt re-energized about my work I know that um, this time means that so much has changed and work is looking different and some things are good and some things are challenging some things are easy Um, but there was that time period there has been this time period where with everything happening around me that I really just felt kind of like blah about certain projects that I was working on and um, knowing that the the work still needs to happen and it's still there but because of what's going on in the world I felt a little disconnected from it and listening to Michael speak on all things like if you guys didn't know I seriously have a super duper crush on Michael Twitty like he is my food crush my chef crush my historian like everything about what I do and in my work is like he is an inspiration and I you know I follow other chefs and other people who are into activism as well but he's like number one out of them all he speaks my language he speaks the language of the people um, in a way that others don't um and there's room for everybody but he just really touches my heart in a particular way so hearing his passion for people and for food and for history and for knowledge and and understanding of the deeply rooted issues that we have in the culinary world with and food and oppression and everything it just makes I felt re-energized and affirmed and kind of like the of the mindset like don't stop the work girl keep going Um, because sometimes I can look at some of the things that I'm doing and it's like super small potatoes on the grand scale of like Michael Twitty and Ron Finley and um, so many others, uh, Chef L of, of She Chef, and there's just so many people who are out there doing major, major work and making moves that I look to and I admire and I study. That, um, yeah, as I'm in my little corner of the world doing what I do, it's hard to some days feel like you're making an impact. Um, in the world and that you are going to get to where you want to be with it all and and how that looks like as far as the challenges it will take to get there Um, so yeah it just was good It, it let me know that I'm on the right path and that I need to continue to to march on continue to Uh, push and press through what we are seeing right now and what we will what we've always seen 
Um, you know, some of the things that people don't realize is what the world is seeing right now with food security, with um, food oppression is not new. You know, I mean, I tell when I tell my story about how I got into this work, um, I always have to remind people that it started with me growing up in Oakland and I remember getting free food. And at the time when I was a kid, getting the free food wasn't a big deal for me. Um, as I look back, it, I didn't feel humiliated or less than or anything like that. My entire, um, no one ever made me feel a thing. I remember getting um, breakfast at the community center, which I later found out was like because of the Black Panther Party. You know, they made that happen. Um, I remember in the summer, doing the summer programs at the community center and the projects where um, we did pick up lunches and things like that. And there were times when I know that my, we, we, I think I grew up in feast or famine in some cases. I'd, I'd love to have my parents on and, and talk with them one day on the podcast to like get their full perspective of what that time meant and, and kind of go over that. So maybe they'll be willing to join me at some point in the near future so we could discuss that. But yeah, it was just something where I was like, you know, I didn't feel less than human, but I do know that those elements shaped who I am, shaped my parents, and they were markers of a larger situation happening in the world and what that meant for me as a black girl. So to be able to talk to people or listen to, I'd say, because today was the listening session with um, on Instagram where to listen to people who have taken their experiences um, from childhood and in their life and wrapping it around and understanding how it's all connected is really important to me because my my friend and and coworker and business partner um yeah you guys I'm outside as usual so you'll hear the background noise in the garden um to hear um when my, my friend and coworker and business partner, we talk about the reason why she is a farmer and the reason why I am a chef and the reason why security and is, is our primary focus. Um, security and education and sustainability um, are all what we are working within. It's because we do recognize that certain things are connected and tied together. We cannot, um, we can't forget that the slave trade was about money, you know. So when the enslaved Africans were brought over here, it was also with spices and fruits and vegetables, you know, that was not introduced on in the Americas at the time. So, and all over the world, there were elements and things that, um, you know, the continent of Africa was just rich with so many beautiful, wonderful things that um, there's so many things that originated there that shifted all over the world. And it was about money. You know, it was about taking those resources and taking the people, which became, you know, the free labor that they needed for their own pet projects and things like that. So when we talk about what the world looks like today, 
for young black and brown children who are living in not just um, inner cities either. I want to like make sure that it's understood that a lot of conversations surrounding food security and health and wellness often focus on inner city as being like the hardest hit. But the rural areas have their own challenges as well. And in some cases, I would say in a certain instance, if you really wanted to compare apples to apples, um, it's a little bit tougher in rural areas where it's not only the scarcity that's the issue, it's like the modern other elements that are missing that the cities have at, at their disposal. So being able to understand how everything is deeply rooted and connected to each other and that solving one issue is solving 12 issues, so to speak, um, is something that I think we need to focus on going forward. Now that we have crossed the threshold of anger and rage and sadness um, and all of the other emotions, now it is time to start to pick up solutions. It's time to start putting your feet to the pavement and finding out where you fit in the movement. And um, personally, right, I feel like my fit is pretty solid. And hopefully in the very near future, you will start to see some of those elements come out more and more. I made the mistake of announcing some things prematurely before COVID came and COVID came and put a shut to down to everything. So I feel like I learned a very valuable lesson in that, you know, you don't announce the thing before the thing is ready to be announced um, because anything can happen. <laughs> That's the first thing. But the second thing would be not just that anything can happen, but we have to be mindful that um, even those who look to be our teammates, our cheerleaders, our biggest supporters are probably not. Some of them really want to sabotage your work. Some of them are jealous of your work and they don't intentionally want to cause harm, but they do. And then some are just manifesting drama because, you know, and it's seeping out of their pores. And even if um, they are not intending to put any type of projection onto you in particular, you can still end up absorbing some of that just simply from being in their presence. So one of the things I've learned to do is kind of quiet down myself and center and focus and just get the stuff done. Like get it done and then say, boom, it's ready. Now, here you go world, this is what I have. So um, that's on a real personal business note because that has happened a few times and I just felt like, I was hitting myself, you know, hitting this brick wall with wanting these particular things to come together that just did not come together. And now, crap, we have to figure it all out, right? So um, there's that. But the health and wellness industry is shifting. Black Lives Matter is becoming more widely globally well accepted among certain groups of folks who had previously not really paid attention. There is a real understanding that is happening in all circles um, that I have experienced, personal ones, where there is now an intention to purchase goods and services from black people um, that 
that intention wasn't there before. People are growing their social media profiles and all of these other wonderful things are happening. But while this is happening, my mind is still on the other stuff in the background. Like it's hot now, right? But what are we going to do going forward to ensure that there's a sustainability model for all of this? Because we know how trends go. Like already, I haven't seen as many Black Lives Matter posts on social media as there were a few days ago. And not to say that it has to stay that way. Just don't mistake that. It's just that um, we have this habit of going hard or go home. And when we go home, we don't do shit when we go home. We just go home. (laughs) And so now is the time for solutions. Let's become solutionaries. If that's a word, like revolutionary solutionaries, let's become activists. Let's, you know, I have become an accidental activist. Like I grew up in Oakland, but I never, ever, ever found myself in the position where I needed to become an outspoken activist on particular issues. It wasn't until I went through a particular set of issues myself in my search for a well life that I said, wait a minute, there's some problems here and who better to speak up for people than someone like me who is outspoken on other things. Um, And then in that, how do you speak up? In what moments do you choose to speak up? And then what does speaking up actually do? Because here it is, like we're all like in love with the stand your ground, speak up, I said what I said, but what do those words mean after they're said? Like you just put it out into the universe and you walk away. What else happens after that? What is the solution to the problem? And there are many problems and many solutions. And what I feel like sometimes we do is we get overwhelmed with the big picture that we don't do anything on a smaller scale. And that's the reason why we go hard or go home because we go home and then that's it. And it's like, well, I said something and I did my due diligence. Did you really, did you really do your due diligence? If you just said something and then went home and sit down, what can you do in your own community to affect change? Those are the conversations that I'd like to see going forward because I feel like right now the emotions are kind of leveling out and we're now in a phase of, okay, I was pissed and I threw shit and now I'm okay. So what do I do now that I broke all the windows (laughs) and I have no more coffee mugs? Like, what do I do at this point? So at this point, what happens is X, Y, and Z. So let's talk about that. That's what I want to discuss. I want to discuss... How do we do that? How do we come out from that place and just simply say, okay, now it's time to kind of figure something out. And I think that's where I'm at right now. Um, There's a lot happening locally for me that um, I am doing. And I don't need to run down all of that because it's like, it's just a, it's mundane in the grand scheme of things, like handing out free food through a CSA box program and, and some educational materials and things like that. Some of the work that I do with Edible Schoolyard Project, that's there. But I mean, as far as like the rest of us who are claiming to want to do something for the culture, what's the next step? Personally, I'd love to see more co-oping 
happening of different people pulling their resources together on a local level, like your immediate community within a couple of hundred miles and maybe for your entire state. And I do know that there are some people who are working diligently to put some things together, but everybody seems to be waiting for a leader to emerge. And honestly, the leaders will show up, but I think we just need to start to do something, you know, and just tell folks what you're doing. Hey, do you think we could pull our resources and do X, Y, and Z? And that's really what I've been seeing happening with some of my friends. One of my best friends, she's um, on a wellness mission to connect black women with birth workers, with people with uh, mental health resources to help their families and their children, um, themselves and their children with therapy, with mindfulness training, with um, tutoring or, or education on how to homeschool because lots of people are shifting gears and they're not going to send their children to school if there's going to be masks involved. So now we're like, let's school our kids at home, but let's make sure that we're schooling our children at home in the proper way. So let's talk with some folks who have schooled their children from birth to college and see how that worked and get the resources. And she decided to launch a campaign to put together this wellness conglomerate of sorts. And when I tell you that people have donated enough money to where she has actually assisted and connected over 75 individuals all over, um, not just local to where we live, but we're talking about one-on-one -on -one therapy sessions, one-on-one, -on -one, um, what is it, anger management training for young people, one-on-one -on -one, um, paying for doula services, midwifery, um, doula training, and so much more. All because people have said, I got $20, I got $40, I got $50, I have $10 I'm gonna give to this cause so that we can grow and level up and do something else. So that's what, what I'm wanting to see and find out if there are other people out there who are in a similar situation who are doing some of these things where in your local community you are becoming a solution to a problem because listen there are those who are going to fight for the systemic change we need those people to fight for systemic change but we literally cannot sit back and allow the world to like just rest on the fact that there are people fighting for systemic change and then we sit here and twiddle our thumbs and look from our porch like oh yeah there's more cops over there like we just can't afford to do that everybody has a role to play and that is 100% what I was saying before in the last podcast where I was like if you're the eyes be the eyes if you're the hands be the hands if you're the feet be the feet but don't you dare turn around and get mad at the eyeball for not being a hand because it just can't do it so wherever your expertise flows wherever your specialty is then if we just stay focused on that, then I think we can start to see those elements that we are so desperately wanting to see, yet we are at the same time, you know, pointing fingers. And I think a lot of it is not intentional by any means because for all intents and purposes, we're not out here feeling like, you know, we are intentionally being obtuse or waiting for change to happen. You know, it's like, the online campaigns are great. 
the changing your profile picture is nice the boycotting certain um, com companies are great but the reality is pulling our resources and utilizing our expertise and shining in our, our spaces is what we really need and we need to understand that how we feed ourselves how we nourish our minds, our bodies, and our spirits have everything to do with all of the other stuff. It's all connected. And there's not enough time to go into it uh, today right now as far as how deep it is, but I will be digging into some of that some more in the next couple of weeks because I think it's really important to understand that um, I have touched on a few things here before, but here's an example. The school to prison pipeline, you would not think starts with food, but it absolutely does. How? Redlining. Redlining meaning keeping grocery stores out of poorer neighborhoods where the schools are low performing, where the children don't have access to quality food that will help their attention span stay where they are so their blood sugar doesn't fluctuate wildly so that they go to school feeling nourished and well cared for. And that's also where the mental health aspect comes in as well because the parents and the families who live in these neighborhoods tend to be overworked and underpaid. So the mental health aspect is, you know, you got stressed out parents, you'll have stressed out children. Children who can't eat well children who can't focus when they go to school. So when they can't focus when they go to school and they're labeled as a problem child instead of a hungry child, then there you have it. It's the beginning of that whole thing. So that's what I mean about it all being connected, how food is the cornerstone of it all and how controlling where the food is grown, where the food is shipped, where the food is consumed, how the food is consumed, what types of foods are available in certain locations versus others it all freaking matters it matters so much so that's why i feel like it's important to understand that as the body of a community we all have our place and we all should act accordingly move in that space in that place where you have your best of the best you know, and put together your own little coalition. It doesn't take a lot of people, you guys. It doesn't take an army of folks. But just think if you had a good, strong connection with, you know, 10 people, even if they're not in your neighborhood. Because what my friend did with the, the health and wellness work, these women that she is that she's connecting to together, they're crossing state lines to take care of each other virtually. They're doing Zoom sessions, phone calls, everything in between, utilizing all of the tools and resources absolutely possible to ensure that the community is serviced in the way that the community needs. So that's something that I really want to impress upon you today is to, now that you know the, the wind has died down and the protests are not as violent, but they're still there and the windows are all busted out and the shops are closed, what's the next step? What do you do when you wake up the next morning and say, my people still are hungry. My people still need to know how to educate their children. My people still need to know how to grow food. They still need to be able to get to work when public transit fails them and uh, unemployment runs out. There are no more stimulus checks. If you have a business, how do you help? 
if you're good at graphic design and you have a graphic design business and you know that there are young entrepreneurs and old entrepreneurs trying to get their business going, how do you help set them up? Fair pricing, maybe some pro bono work, but some one-on-one time where those who have successful businesses, have been in certain industries for a period of time, can actually mentor and raise up the community. We need to bring back that model. We need to bring back the model of protection, of love, and surrounding the community as it is. Bring back the old lady in the window. (laughs) That she was our neighborhood watch, the candy lady. The candy lady was the one who kept the kids out of the corner store where the liquor and candy was being sold together. So you went to her house to get your candy and your ice cream and popsicles because it was safer to go to her door than to go to the corner store. She wasn't just hustling candy. She wasn't trying to lure children into her home under other pretenses. She was literally keeping the kids safe because every parent knew the candy lady was looking out the window and could see what all the children were doing. And she'd tell on them. <laughs> so she would keep the kids out of trouble. So there's levels to this, you guys. There are levels to it. And I just really wanted to come in and just share some enlightening stories, some, some conversation that's a little bit lighter, something to ponder on, think about as we move forward into this next stage of life, as we are dealing with surges of COVID in certain areas and a leveling off and a reduction in others, what life is looking like for everybody where they are and how their impact on their own environment can have such a huge, great, big, like for real, people have been donating to my friend and she's helped over a hundred families as a result of people deciding that they could forego their coffee this week and take care of someone else. So you never know, you might be surprised where you could get some resources from, some help, some assistance. There are a lot of Facebook groups right now happening. Um, I'm in some of them as far as like the blackout groups and all of these other ones. And just be mindful that some people are not there um, for good intentions. They don't have good intentions. But if you follow your heart and trust your gut and and really move in faith, then you can find out who you know you want to work with or not. But just know that there are a lot of people of color, black people out there who are doing things and they have been doing it. And this is a way for them to get the exposure that they need. So don't hate on the fact that it's all about getting followers because you can monetize and it's not whatever. Because at the end of the day, we all need money. Money is going to make um, certain issues no longer an issue. You know, so let's live and let people live. Let them have nice things. So that's all I have for you guys today. I just wanted to come in and just share my thoughts. I'm uh, taking a break from my computer screen because it's been a lot today. Um, but your girl's been working a lot. And my goal and dream and mindset is that all of the hard work that myself and other people are doing right now means that in the next year, there will be some coasting, you know, that it's not going to be this challenging, this difficult, this magnitude forever. So we can get to a place where, where we coast. I'd like to coast. All right. Until next time, this has been a Mindful Chef, Chef Leisha Barnett. You can find me on Facebook at Chef Leisha Barnett. 
on Instagram at Chef Leisha Lee and on Twitter at Chef Leisha. I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Thank you.